so this is a Film Fix podcast, and I'm Phoebe. I'm Lily. Welcome. Welcome to our podcast. Um, so every week, or like every other week, we're going to be talking about topics about film, and it's not really that like technical. We're not like I mean we're film students, but we're not going to be like. We're not going to talk about lighting much, probably. No, because <laughs> to be honest, I honestly couldn't give a shit. But. Um, yeah, what, what are you saying, Lily? Are you excited? I'm very excited to start this. <laughs> we've I been, feel like it's a long time coming. We've been talking about this. Oh, that's my phone. Let, let's maybe put that over there. Um, we've been talking about doing this podcast for like a year, maybe? I remember being, year, yeah. being at uni, shout out to Sam, our film friend, talking to Sam about it and being like, yeah, like we're definitely going to do it next week. And we never did. Um, obviously, pandemic happened. Here we are. <clears throat> that changed things a little bit, but actually, arguably, maybe we're in the position to do it now because we just fucking stay at home, don't we? So yeah, and also like, I just think we were saying like it's kind of like a stereotype for film students to do a podcast. Yeah, definitely. But also, like, why not? You know, because it's a way to talk about what's in our minds. We talk about film all the time. All the time. We may as well record it. That's um, what I thought. And I'm saying hopefully as the weeks go on, it will get more heated. But then also I don't want to argue with you. Heated <laughs> arguments. Expect some heated arguments. Heated in the fucking arguments. <laughs> um, but yeah, so for this episode, we're going to be talking... Well, the first things we're going to do is just like give an introduction to our like first ever films that we watched, <clears> the last film that we watched, like... Maybe just hint at like some favourite films of ours or like favourite actors or whatever. And then we're going to be talking, the main topic of this podcast is about the best scores and soundtracks in a film. So Excluding musicals because we will probably do an episode, do an episode on that. Also, like I literally could talk about that for hours. Hours and hours. And I feel like if we were talking about that and soundtracks, it would be a bit intense. It would be, so. be a bit long, wouldn't it? It would be maybe like <laughs> th- a three-hour podcast. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Lily, what was um, the first film you remember watching? The first one I remember watching, and you know this, is Watership Down. <laughs> oh God. Which came out in, I think, 1987, around that time. Horrible year for film, right? We had it on video. It was in my nan's flat in Kennington. Lovely. I remember sitting in her room. London born and raised, right? Yeah. <laughs> and watching Watership Down on the TV mm-hmm. um, before bed, I thought... This is a cartoon, so it would be very child appropriate and fine. And little did and you having know. absolute fucking nightmares to this film. It's so scary. It's I mean, terrifying. I mean, I mean, we watched it last year, didn't we, together? Well, you. <laughs> I. Listen, so I didn't grow up with that film. Mm. Nicola was not about. You missed out, yeah? No, like, I was not about to be watching that film. But I'm pretty sure maybe one of the first times I ever watched it was with you in first year and hated every moment of it. And I still hate it. But well, you are such a shooter. I just think, okay, I think it's beautiful. <laughs> First of all, what like like aesthetic? Or aesthetic like storyline. Yeah, beautiful. You know the f- early scene where the blood is coming down the fields. I think that is so interesting, and also like just the rabbits that speak. Like it's clap. <laughs> I mean, it's clap. But you know, obviously that's your aesthetic. So it really affected me. The really nightmarish moments are what really affected me. So the what was the where, most scary part? The scary part, obviously, there was the blood fields, and then there was the part where they are in um, they're in a burrow. They've gone away, yeah. and then the head rabbit from their old burrow comes to meet them, and he tells them everyone is dead. Lovely. They all died because of the houses that were built. And then there's a sort of dream sequence where. All, all these ghost rabbits are going down the burrow oh. and it's so scary and then the other part that really scared me at that time was the older rabbit the really evil one that kills like dogs it like fights a dog at the end and stuff <laughs> i can't remember his name this is such a lovely wholesome child terrifying and i remember just like his lips were like falling away because he <laughs> he was like biting things and he God. was just so horrible and like blood-eyed and stuff disgusting and um actually now when i watch it the part that really upsets me is um when they've left and they go to this borough and there's this rabbits that there's these rabbits that like invite them in mm. and they're like you can stay here and we've got cabbage and stuff and they're really drowsy and the way their arms move and stuff is like really weird and floppy and it's because they're actually rabbits that are being drugged for people to go and hunt them oh. for game and they're trying to draw in 
the protagonists into this burrow and they're like something's wrong here and it's think, just so scary do you think that film um, made you vegetarian no no that wasn't it <laughs> or like at least fucking like traumatised you forever it definitely made me think that animals have souls because I was the, I was the big age of 18 and I was traumatised by that film so. yeah so obviously like five year old me was uh, I mean listen obviously like if people can like watch it down I don't have an issue with it I haven't watched it enough times, to be fair. You are, like, such a shooter. I see it Do we have least... it here? Do we have it on DVD here? I think I did bring it, yeah. Um, yeah, maybe we should do, like, a, a viewing again. I mean, we I'm need to do a viewing party of Watch It Down, I think. <laughs> and Plague Dogs. Oh, not Plague Dogs. <laughs> That's an episode in and of itself, right? What, Plague Dogs? Absolutely. I still... You, you want me to watch Plague Dogs. Wasn't that also an 80s... That was like it's the 80s. same company, the same writer, and the same voice actors as What Should Down. Who the who the fuck, right? Oh, who's no. like who's greenlighting these films? <laughs> <laughs> who greenlit these films? <laughs> so that was mine. That was her. mine. <laughs> the first film I ever watched was Chicken Little, <laughs> and I, I went to the cinema to see it. And the reason why I'm saying this is the first one because obviously, like, obviously, I watched films when I probably like Disney films or whatever. But I remember specifically. One of my earliest memories is going to the cinema when I was like four or like five yeah. or maybe even earlier, I don't know, and seeing Chicken Little mm-hmm. and being fucking mesmerised by Chicken Little. Oh but I haven't, listen, I haven't watched that film. Okay, so I watched it recently when I went home because it was on, t- it was on the TV. Um, <laughs> I didn't just put it on. But before that, literally like, it was years since I seen that film. Really? And I watched it again and I was like, oh shit, the fucking, the references that are in that film, War of the Worlds. It's got some good shit, and also like <laughs> I know Chicken Little is an ugly little fucker, but mm-hmm. I love that little kid. No man, <laughs> you know that's that meme that's like, can you guys stop saying I look like Chicken Little? Yeah, I don't, but like he does. But I think I only saw Chicken Little once on a pirate How? DVD. Oh, okay. At my aunt's house. Yeah, and um, all I thought was I knew about six boys who looked like Chicken Little. <laughs> It's like he is the in blueprint like of every school. white He's boy. He's the blueprint. He really is. And also, I was traumatised with one of my... You know there's that pig that has the brown paper bag? <gasps> oh, yeah. He's, like, so really fat. I was quite an anxious kid. And <laughs> I like one of my cousins decided to absolutely drag me through the mud and say, you are that pig with the brown paper Shit, bag. That's because I was always, like, hyperventilating. And <laughs> I was just like... Yeah. And she's like, do you know what, do you, know what you are? And I said, fuck this film, man. <laughs> See, opposite, right? I opposite. was like, I fucking love chicken. <laughs> I, was, I probably asked my mum to go see it in the cinema and she was like, oh, fucking hell. Okay. Oh, God. Also, they sing fucking Don't Go Break It My Heart. Do you remember? The I dub. don't remember that. The I dub. think I'd like it better if I remember that. So yeah, that was my film that I watched for the first time. And to be honest with you, it did leave an impact on me. <laughs> I think um, I'll always... I think we can see the impact that Chicken Little had on you. What do you mean? What, do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> what I am the kind of kid that definitely saw Chicken Little for the first time in the cinema. To be fair, who goes to see that film of all films in the cinema? There were probably were thousands of films. It was like, what, 2004? Oh yeah, something like that. Like, anyway... <laughs> But yeah, well, I feel like though it's kind of representative of our personalities that those are the first films we ever watched. It definitely like impacts you, your viewing. You watching fucking watch, watch it down and me watching Chicken Little. It's like, oh, of course, right? <laughs> of course. What was the last one you remember watching? What, like most recently? Most recently. Obviously, uh, I watched the Singing All the Song last night. And what are you saying about that then? I know I love that film. <laughs> I love that film. I'm fucking literally in love. I love that Bogard and it's just so busted the whole film is just like it's just so bad that it's so good yeah because it's just I mean I can't I can't to be fair like I want to drag it I drag everything but <laughs> I, I this is where the heated arguments come this in. is where the heated arguments come in okay we can't talk about Dirt Bogard right now well that's a whole episode surely but favourite actors is a whole episode <laughs> and we can <laughs> Like, a actor, a thespian. A thespian. Um, no, I haven't, like, obviously seen it, so I can't drag it, but obviously it's got Dead Boy Garden in it, so... It's problematic. Oh. I'll give it that, it's very problematic. What are the themes? The themes, religion... Like, sexuality. Oh, sexuality. Mm. Um, I guess there's some romance in there, too. When was it? This 1960s? Let me think. No, I would have been before, just before the 60s, the late 50s, I reckon. Oh. 57, So obviously you'd love to see that, right? Yeah. Um, 
It's a great film. He wears leather trousers in it. Iconic. He wears leather trousers. Absolutely iconic outfit. But he he chose that outfit. Right? Everyone is meant to be either Irish or Mexican, and not one person is Irish nor Mexican. Or Mexican. <laughs> They're all just like British. I swear, he's British. The guy is British. The girl is French. One of the guys is South African, mm. and it's just like such a mess. Mm-hmm. And it's just like one of those westerns that's so outdated in how it looks and the themes and all of it. But I think it's a nice little capsule of like, this is what they thought people wanted in the 1950s. The film actually flopped. Oh, really? But yeah, but this is what they thought people wanted in the 50s. I guess like, people did want that kind of shit in the 50s. People, it flopped because of the way they treated religion in the film. Oh. Because it was quite controversial. I literally watched this this morning. Um, So I guess like it has to be classed as the last film I watched. But it was Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. The classic. Mm. The, uh, The old Disney animated film. Because, do you know what? Like, I, I've got the remastered one on DVD, which... Flex, right? <laughs> um, no, I actually... I literally used to watch that all the time with my sister. And, like, the music is sick. We were saying earlier, like, Jess, our housemate, was also saying, like, the the soundtracks of, like, old Disney films are sick. And true. it's true. Like, there's just something... Like, Cinderella, boring-ass film. So fucking boring. There's no substance to that film. But the songs sick mm. and I'm like sometimes on a rainy a rainy Sunday I mean <laughs> it's, it's literally it's like Wednesday it's Wednesday but on a rainy Sunday I'm like do you know what I'll stick on a nice little Disney film mm-hmm. and like some people don't grow up with that shit True. which I have only found out as of recent um which like how do you not grow up with Disney films but also I guess I kind of get it I don't know it was just such a big part of my like childhood you know? I didn't grow up with that one. I did grow up with Disney films, but that one in particular, I just thought did my parents not? happened to not have on video. To be fair, I guess it's kind of a bit, like, it's a bit dry. All the, like, princess films are a bit dry, like that, Snow White, Cinderella, etc. Also, I was such a, like, furry kid. I wanted lots of animals in it. Ugh. I, I didn't really like the ones with humans as much. But that Even Pinocchio. Oh, I was no. like, great, it's not Pinocchio, right? Human, right? We love Pinocchio. When he turns into a boy at the end, I was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't he stay a wooden boy? Why can't he stay a little wooden boy? Ugh. Um, yeah, no, that film, Pinocchio, like, literally scarred me. I talk about first films we remember and scarring. <laughs> like, literally, that's Pinocchio. Because they get stuck in the world. The, they get stuck in... Right, okay, let's go from the fucking beginning. So, he gets kidnapped by a fox. Mm. He then goes and is, like, part of an Italian, like, puppet show. <laughs> where, like... W- like what a really, fuck? really, like... I actually think it's Romany... And it's really fucking racist. It's so, Watching he, it back, it's they, so really he, bad. Like, when he like speaks Italian in fucking quotation marks, he's just speaking gibberish. And I'm like, okay, Disney. Oh, okay, you know, we're playing it like that today. We're doing that. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then what? And then he gets kidnapped by that guy that's like, the fox, I'm turning... The all... fox with the fingerless gloves is what I remember. Yeah, no, that's before though. But then he gets kidnapped by the guy that's like... Oh, no, it is the fox, isn't it? The it's one the that takes him to treasure He's a humanoid island. fox, yeah. An anthropomorphic fox. An, an anthropomorphic fox. <laughs> and then and they then get turned into donkey. They get turned into donkeys, the little misbehaved boys who will smoke cigars and stuff, you know, they're like eight years old. <sighs> and it's, then it's an interesting film. It's definitely an interesting film. I want to know, after fucking twenty years on this earth, what what the moral is of that story. I mean, what is the moral of that story? Not to lie. Be honest. Be honest. I think it's but also All like I've lied a lot in my life and I have never ever like been stuck in a whale or anything like gone that. Through gone through Pinocchio any of the shit. Poor Pinocchio. Right? I used to sit and you know you close one eye and you can watch your nose. I used to sit and close one oh, eye and watch my thought... nose and think it was it was Aww. growing because I lied a lot as a child. Oh, I and, lied um, <clears throat> See, I wasn't I was a fool. Really scared. I wasn't a fool like that. Not a fool. You weren't caught slipping like I was. You won't catch me slipping. Anyway, what were you watching? <laughs> sleeping, not Sleeping Beauty. Yeah, Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping Beauty. Yeah, and I was having a good time. Yeah. Under my weighted blanket. It was nice <laughs> to walk in and watch and see you watching Sleeping Beauty. It's very classic and wholesome. No, I agree about the Disney soundtrack thing, and also that's obviously going to segue. Segue into what we wanted to talk about today. Um, so like choral music that they play at the start over the titles. Oh, they have those beautiful titles that are all like watercolor. <sighs> fucking love it that's like part of the fun of watching those classic films as well yeah, it's like the credits at the beginning because like I don't know like the Alice in Wonderland one when it's like Alice in Wonderland like yeah. I fucking love that song or that, like Bambi oh Bambi and then when they played the April Showers bit as well oh, I think they did the April Showers so I had um, my dad like burnt me a CD when I was younger of like Disney like my favourite Disney songs and April Showers was on it but like I never knew that one I think that was like just one he put on there 
And I remember listening to that like in the middle of the night being fucking terrified. For some reason, I think like it's a bit scary, but then like when you grow up and you watch Bambi and you just see this like lovely, lovely little deer, like (laughs) fucking frolicking around, like it's so cute. Yeah, I know. But like, yeah, no, the the classic Disney films. It's some sort of charm about it that obviously Mm -hmm. the ones, the sort of later ones didn't have. Not that I'm hating on the later ones, obviously. No, I mean, they've got like good, like obviously like Moana. Right, just taking that as sort of an example of mm. like recent Disney film. Like, yeah, the songs are iconic, but for a different reason. Like the classic Disney films, sick soundtracks. It's that old charm. Yeah, and I think like, I mean, in the because li- we're gonna do like a top five thing, in the list, like we're gonna. I mean, let's talk about the Lion King now. The Lion King, that was like not a classic Disney film. I mean, we would call it a classic now, but like yeah. it was part just of modern era. We yeah, yeah, but like this. Yeah, that it's got good like soundtrack songs, like musical songs, but like the score is so sick. Like the score's fantastic. Every time we watch it, we cry. Like I it's remember, that one part, isn't it? I don't even know how the music goes now. Like I've blanked now. <laughs> I'm under pressure. No, but like when Mufasa's in the sky and like I don't know when he's like sitting. the music they play at the end when it's raining and he's going up to the oh. rock where after Scar has gone and stuff. It's all a bit much, really. It's all quite emotional. It was John Williams, right? Yeah, um, was it John Williams or... Fucking Elton John, right? <laughs> Not Elton John. It was Elton John. Elton John, musical genius. <laughs> musical genius. Um, he wrote that one, that song, didn't he? Which what? Can You Feel The Love Tonight? Can You Feel The Love Tonight? Because on the video that I had, and I've definitely mm-hmm. told you this before, um, there was a special feature and it was just the Elton John um, oh. music video for Can You Feel The Love Tonight? <laughs> and I used to put it on because I really liked that song and every time my brother would be like, that's Lily's boyfriend and I get really upset like stupid up like crying Elton <laughs> <laughs> John's not my boyfriend literally um what about uh, so I always just had to turn it off and I haven't watched it since that's so funny um, yeah the guy who did the music what was it I swear it was like Tim Rice as well who wrote some of it but maybe Hans Zimmer oh Hans Zimmer not John Tim Rice with the lyrics okay so it was Hans Zimmer Hans Zimmer well that's why it's so sick yeah. Like it's so good. Like and also it's one of those ones where you will you will definitely recognise that if you'd like if you just like if someone played that you'd be like, Oh that's from like Very few people don't get that cultural reference. Um, you know? Right, okay. Let's jump into the old top five. Lily, you can start. With the with top five soundtracks. One of your like top five. I haven't really got them in order. Yeah. These aren't in any order by the but way. But one thing that I can say <laughs> Is that I'm going to start talking about Star Wars again? Okay. Oh, that one scene in Star Wars. Obviously, the whole Star Wars score is fantastic. Yeah. We know this. That's John but, Williams, right? Yeah. Okay. But the one scene in Star Wars where he's looking at the two suns that are going down, and it plays that. I could sing it right now, but I'm not going to. <laughs> sing it. And every time I watch it, I cry. Every every fucking time. It is like a, a sick scene. You probably sat with me and I've talked about it for about four hours. And you, I will just talk about that scene. When we were we went to Brighton <laughs> once. We went to Brighton for like a trip, and you, we like stayed up. And me and you were in like the hotel room, and you would not stop talking about that scene in Star Wars. <laughs> and I was like, we were there for like maybe two hours talking about it and I literally like I don't think I said one thing you, you were just like astral projected because I was just sat I there definitely like, just... so when Luke is staring at the sun <laughs> and then what really got me is when I went to see the new ones and Luke died they played that same music and they showed the sun and I thought that look, I, I don't really like the new ones that much mm-hmm. I don't really fuck with them like that mm-hmm. but that scene where he died was sort of just like wow I'm so glad they decided to throw it back because throw it back because I'm like emotional now mm-hmm. I would have cried anyway but mm-hmm. that made me like really sore I do think it, like that's probably a good way to you know send him off you know bit of respect you know respect and um yeah no so yeah. that was so that was episode 4 that, that was episode was 4 that's the first episode it's before really anything has happened in Star mm-hmm. Wars um and it's just a good way of showing like he's about to go on this big adventure <laughs> you know his aunt and his fucking uncle are about to die yeah obviously like spoilers came out 40 years ago. Um, <laughs> I mean, I feel like it came out way more than 40 years it's ago. It's like 40, almost 45 years ago. Oh shit, yeah, I guess um, so. But it's a good thing when you're watching it mm. and you can tell, oh god, we're about to be fucking I, yeah. insane. We're, things are about to get mad. Things are about to get insane. And also, like, how big Star Wars is, just like, whether you like it or not, I mean, I'm not like a massive Star Wars fan. You mm. are definitely more of a fan than I am. Yeah, more of a fan. But like, whether you like it or not, you have to, you have to say 
like Star Wars has a sick score. Star Wars is like legendary. Like it is. Like it's, it's iconic. It's, it's a very iconic. iconic and like I hate to say it, <laughs> I really love the first, like episode four. The first three, I'm just very like, and I don't even have nostalgia for them because I only watched them when I was like sixteen. Mm. But the first three, I am totally in defense of I won't defend any of the other ones because I don't, <laughs> I don't care enough for them no one's defending the other ones though. but um yeah I think that's one of the best scenes of all time I think maybe you can go now right um stop flicking stuff at me okay so I put okay I'm gonna go straight in with Donnie Darko okay which I I mean come on right we're like a film student has to mention Donnie Darko like that's so true <laughs> but no like that okay. So film aside, film is sick anyway. Yeah. The soundtrack, fucking Chef's Kiss. Wait, I'm gonna get it up on my phone because I need to. So, Tears for Fears for one. That's the first thing when you Head think of the soundtrack, you have to think of that one scene where they play from start to finish. I'm pretty sure. Head, Head over heels. Over they play like the whole. It's like three minutes of the song. Yeah, it's literally the whole. And song. it's just Drew Barrymore walking through the school and like other characters. Mm-hmm. But it's so good. Drew Barrymore in that film is like. She's so good in that film. Yeah, no, right. So you've got Echo and the Bunny Man. Yeah, obviously, yeah. Yeah, Head Over Hills, Tears Fears. You've got the church, Duran Duran. Duran Duran. No, no, (laughs) You've got, like, Joy Division, More Tears Fears, like... Oh, Mad World, the Gary Jones one. Which, like, oh, yeah, and Never Tear Us Apart. Yeah. Like, this soundtrack... (sighs) I mean, obviously, there is a score as well. Michael Andrews is the score. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't really remember the score as much. <laughs> but this is why I'm saying I have to mention Don Jago because like everyone remembers those songs. Everyone remembers like the beginning where he wakes up in the middle of nowhere and he's like cycling yeah. and it's is that when it's plays the is that that's when it plays Killing, Killing Moon. Moon yeah. There's actually a version where it doesn't play that song because the, the one that I've seen the version that I always had seen because I got a director's cut version from like a charity shop yeah. and I think before that I watched it online and both versions had um, Never Tear Us Apart by yeah. like. How do you say like Inks I N X S I N X S and like I've I really loved that song and then we watched it in the kitchen in first yeah, year yeah. and I was like oh, fuck. and uh, when you said that I thought like oh god that scene would be so different for me watching it that seemed really different without the Killing Moon because the Killing Moon is like iconic yeah that. that's what I thought you know what I really love about that soundtrack mm-hmm. is the film is like I mean it's set in the eighties but mm. it's not like one of those 80s films where they're all walking around in like fluorescent colours and everyone's got crimped hair and mm. stuff and it's really fucking obvious in your face this is the mm. 80s right mm. but then it's also not like cool 80s like everyone's wearing a Smith t-shirt it's just sort of like you know it's the 80s yeah. from sort of how they speak and then the soundtrack as well but it's not like mm. in your face because I really don't like a period film that's like 80s it's the 80s and it yeah. like tells you like I'm every... trying to think of an example of, of a film that's done that recently or like I mean obviously like you have well even the films that were made in the 80s like John Hughes like they were like aggressively aggressively whereas like yeah like there's some kind of like dark like neutral like energy going on in Donnie Darko yeah where like yeah the soundtrack is the thing that reminds you that it's from the 80s and like the the whole like mood of the soundtrack is just so like fucking moody teenager which is like what that film is and like I just I was saying this earlier, actually, when we were talking about, like, this episode and what we are going to say and stuff, I was like, that soundtrack transformed my music taste. Because it mm. did, because I watched that film for the first time, maybe when I was, like, 15, 16, and I was like, oh, my God, I love Echo and the Bunny Man. Yeah, like, I yeah. love I love Tears for Fears. And, like, it got me into Tears for Fears, and one of their songs is on my Desert Island disc, so here we are, right? Here we are. And I just think, like... Talk about a film that's impacted your music taste. <laughs> and I also love J.J. Hall with my whole heart. I have True. to mention it. Yeah. Sagittarius. It has to be said. King. I yeah, love him. I he was great in that. When I first watched it, I was really, really young. And mm. I was like, like, I think I must have been under 12. Mm. Um, oh, shit. And it was probably one of the first films I saw. I wouldn't say it changed my music taste, because my music taste at that time was not about to turn into, like, Echo and Bunny Man and stuff. Yeah. But it was one of the first films I watched where I was... It was so unconventional, mm-hmm. and not to be one of that dickhead film student who's like, oh, Donnie Darko's ass. <laughs> I kind of am. But, <laughs> like you. I kind of am. <laughs> but it was one of the first ones I watched that was like an unconventional plot. Yeah. That the ending isn't very clear. Mm-hmm. And I sort of like, I think I take for granted now mm-hmm. that watching that as like a 10 year old, how odd that was to me. Yeah. And how many avenues that opened for me as far as like, things don't have to be 
it's good at the start, it gets bad, and then it's good at the end. Yeah. It doesn't have to be that. Like linear narrative. And, um, yeah, because I still sometimes question my theory for that film. Like, I don't... What I think that film is about, like, sometimes I'm like, is it? Like, yeah. even now, like, I've watched that film so many times. No, I couldn't explain it at all. But I fucking love that. But I love that, yeah. It's also, like, a great fucking Halloween film. It so is a great Halloween Time film. to watch that. And if so anyone's got the money for it, it's a fucking fantastic costume, that bunny. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> you're like, anyone wants to start with that. <laughs> if anyone wants to send that costume over there. <laughs> um, okay, wait, okay, let's move on. Should I do one of mine? Do you want to yours, girl? I think I'm just going to, like... Just say it, man. I Take know. the blast off. Death in Venice. Go on. Death in Venice. I'm not going to go into it. I'm probably not... Like, I recommend the film, mm. but it's weird. It's, it's a weird film. film. Um, obviously, it's Visconti. Dark Robot again, but he's older, mm-hmm. and he's busted in this film. Um, <laughs> he has cholera. He has cholera. Everyone has cholera. And I thought the soundtrack sort of goes with that. Mm. It's Marla. I think it's Marla's Fifth Symphony. Mm. And... I was already like, oh, I sound like such a cunt. I was already into Marla. And then when I watched this film, and I read a bit about it before I watched it, and I read about the soundtrack and how much that was a big part of it, because mm. they based the character on Marla mm. for the film. And the guy who wrote the book actually based the character on Marla as well. Um, so playing his music in it was, it made sense. And it's just this really slow, depressing symphony that's kind of like sad, but sort of like relieving. Is that the one played at the end? It's played at the end, but it's actually played pretty much... They play a few songs in the film, but it's played pretty much all the way through the film whenever he's sort of just sat there, like, reflecting on his career. They they play Marla. And, um, yeah, I think the death scene is, like, my favourite... One of my favourite death scenes ever. Mm. Um, I I think that scene's pretty good. It's really good, isn't it? Where he's staring out of the sea and then he just sort of dies to this music and the, the, like, dye from his hair is dripping down his face and stuff. Um... He looks so busted in that film. He does look really busted in that film. But anyway, music's lovely. Music's lovely. Um, and I remember hearing an anecdote that when the Americans watched that film, the American producers, they were absolutely disgusted. But one of them trying to be positive was like, who did the music? Because we need to sign him. Because they'd never heard of Marla <laughs> we before. We need to sign him. And obviously, like, so Visconti, who was this very pretentious European director, yeah. was like, this is horrible. These Americans are nothing, you know? It was one of them. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I just don't think they could have picked anything better for that mm-hmm. film. Mm-hmm. And I also remember Visconti saying that he actually choreographed sort of that death scene to that. So he was giving that Bogart the directions and playing the music in the background okay. to sort of be like, go with the music. Mm. And it's just one of them. Well, then. Where it's perfect. Yeah, like it. By the sounds of that, it's like that song or piece. I wouldn't say it's a song. We would, we would say it's a, track. <laughs> it's a piece. Long. We would say it's a track. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that piece of music is like. Yeah, pivot, like completely vital to that film. Like, I think it's without that, like, that film just would be nothing. That's one of the, it's one of them where if it didn't have that piece of music, it'd be a totally different film and it wouldn't be anywhere near as good. Yeah. And I think, like, that's so impressive. Impressive, man. You know? I mean, we love, like, cholera and Marla, right? We love cholera, we love Venice. <laughs> we love makeup. I've never been to Venice. We love I've makeup. I've never been to Venice. Um, okay, Death in Venice. Nice Death in time. Venice. I, I'm still not, like, a fan of it, but... That's because I've just been bored every time. <laughs> it is boring. It's a long film and there's like not any dialogue really. Um, okay, I'm gonna say for my next one, Parasite. Agree. Bong Joon Ho. Obviously. The score for that film is sick. It's so good. Like I love that film. I'd say it's like maybe in my top five favorite films. Mm. Because like, if you haven't seen Parasite, listen. You need to watch Parasite. Like I don't want to be that bitch, but like that film won Oscars for a reason. Like, One of the very few films that, like, deserved the acclaim it got. Yeah, like, I don't give a shit about award shows. Like, I don't... I really do not care. But, like, that... Bong Joon-ho needed those Oscars because he's a, he's a great filmmaker. That film is sick. The score is sick. Wait, I'm going to find out who did the score because I'm really, like, uncultured. But <laughs> I fucking love that film. And, like, I do think, like... Because, obviously, it, the whole mood of the film changes, like, completely halfway. Spoiler. I'm not going to say what happens. I'm not going to say what happens. I think everyone listening to this must have seen Parasite. Probably. I'm hoping, anyway. Oh, the score is Jung Jae-il. He did the score. Um, or at least it says he did on Spotify. I mean, I'm going to say that he did. Winner of four Academy Awards. Um, 
yeah, I think like when when the whole like mood of the film changes halfway through, like the music goes along with that, and it's so good. Yeah, and like I just. I love it so much. I just I don't know what to say. Like it's sick. I, I like, think it's like interesting because all the parasites are horror film, but there is horror elements in it, and it is fucking terrifying. Mm. And it's one of those things where like the music in a horror film mm. is essential. Essential. But then yeah, like even like a lot of the music in the first half, and then there's also like there's like a song that's like an actual like song that someone sings. And like those those pieces of music are not that like scary actually. Yeah. Like I can listen to a lot of them, like just yeah. at, like every day. Yeah. But then like yeah, you get through it, and like it gets darker it's and darker. So like some of them are so horrible, and like the credits, like the credit music is mm. so good. Like I mean, I wish we could like play, like do a little radio show and play and like play the songs and stuff. But like. I don't know, man. I just love Parasite. I love that. I'm so far at that. <laughs> and also, while we're on the topic of obviously Bong Juno films, we went to see Memories of Murder recently yeah. together. Yeah. And the part that I really love in that, I think I, I think they use a lot of really good music in that, but mm. the part that I really love is they play a song in that called The Woman in the Rain, <laughs> which, you know the version I played to you, which mm. is Kim Gumbo, mm. but they play the old version mm. in that film, mm-hmm. the 60s version, um, which, fun fact, is one of the first Korean rock songs to ever come out. Oh, shit. And they play that in the film when it's raining, mm. which seems a bit obvious, but we can't hit, we don't know that he's saying them alone because we don't speak Korean, so mm. it didn't seem obvious to yeah. me at the time. It was just a really good song over that, mm. and it has this sort of dark undertone. Mm. Even though I don't think the lyrics actually are that dark. But I think sometimes that's like, that makes things worse, is like when there's like, I, I hate to be that bit, con- mm. contrapuntal sound. But what like mean? it means like sound <laughs> that I could literally be talking out my ass right now. But it's like sound that doesn't quite match the mood, you know. So yeah, like you sure. know, Reservoir Dogs when like stuck in the middle with you, yeah. it's like cutting that guy's ear off. Like it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's a lo- it's a beautiful song, Women in the Rain, but it's a horrible, horrible atmosphere. Horrible scene. Yeah, you know, someone about to die. That film, I had never seen that film before. You've seen it, and literally, I loved that film. It was fantastic. Memories of Murder, watching. Watching Memories of Murder and watching Octa a couple years ago, I knew Bong Joon Ho oh, was a fucking genius. Oh, I haven't genius. watched Octa. Octa's look really disturbing. I think you'd be a I bit too disturbed no, by I think it. I'd cry my Because of anyone who's really upset about, who gets really upset about animals, like obviously pain, it's a bit yeah. much. No. But I really liked it. JJ Ronald's in it. He's fantastic. Tilda Swinton's fantastic. Tilda, Tilda Swinton. Okay, we need to talk about Tilda Swinton another time because I love that woman. Yeah, we do. She's so weird. Anyway, moving on. Right. Anyway. Your next one. My next one. Okay. Maybe time to just bring out Eastern Mortem Bien, right? Yeah. Because that's one of my absolute favourite soundtracks ever. That's one of those films where as soon as I finished it, Spotify, Eastern Mortem Bien soundtrack. <laughs> Obviously spells wrong because it's Spanish. And it's like... <laughs> I was just sat there like, and I listened to every song in it and it's just all of the songs are so good. That's one of those films that's just like... That's a good film as well. Really good. It's a really good film. We've, it's one of my favourites. We've watched that film I, multiple times. If you're going to watch Coming of Age, if you're going to watch On the Road, maybe, yeah, yeah. it needs to be used one time together because that is just like the best. Also, the way that you see them change is like... Ita Ramatambian stars Diego Luna and Gael Garcia Vinal, who are kings. Kings. Um, Sagittarius Capricorn Kings <laughs> and um, no and also like they're so good in that film and like the film soundtrack is like actually really diverse like, it is really diverse because the song that you love is how do you even say it Sino Sino to oh yeah Sino to anyway so you can tell we're not Spanish um, sorry <laughs> it's by Marco Antonio Solis Great song. That's Great. the song that plays right at the end. Um, not that, not like, right at the not end. Not right at the end. Before the end. Before the Just scene. before like the end. Um, when she's dancing. Yeah. And that was just like, they couldn't have picked a better song for that oh, scene. Such a good song. Really, they couldn't have. And then there's also just like, go shopping. Also, Frank Zappa at the end. Watermelon in the Easter Hair, I think it's called. Frank, that's on my fucking crying playlist. It's the guitar, you know the... Yeah, the, the guitar uh, right at the end. Like, he's so weird. Like, if you ever listen to, like, any of his other stuff, like, really good. But, like, that particular song, the guitar in that, like, literally gives me fucking chills. <laughs> and also, like, when that film ends, you are left... Empty. Broken, upset. An empty person. An empty yeah. shell of yeah. a person. And, like, then that... Then, then Frank Zappa comes on, being like... And, and just, I'm like, that's, that film is one of those where there's just, like, the music... Yeah. ...just progresses through it. 
and it so fits the mood of every scene. So that if they're in their car and they're smoking weed and they're drinking beer and it's whatever, it's like go shopping, yeah. the senior yeah, and stuff. Yeah. These like really fun songs you listen to as like a teenager mm, like partying. Mm, mm. And then obviously it just gets really romantic at times mm-hmm. and then just really sad at the yeah. end. And it's I don't know. It's so good. I haven't so, seen many films with soundtrack that the whole soundtrack is like, I've listened to all of this. And also, I've heard of none of it because it's Mexican. Yeah. And most of the songs they're using it are Mexican. Mm-hmm. I've really never heard any of it before. I, mm, yeah, no, I don't think I've heard one of those songs before watching that film. Yeah. Even um, Go Shopping, which is in English and it's Canadian, I've never heard of the group, I've never heard of the song. It's such a banger, though. So, like, it's such a banger. Okay, definitely, like... Search that. Search, search that shit. Search YouTube Tambien soundtrack. And you will be pleasantly surprised and in love like we are. <laughs> That's definitely a good one to have on your list, I'm saying. Yeah. I, like, it would be on mine. But I'm going to go into uh, When Harry Met Sally. Oh, so, listen. Billy Crystal soon can't <laughs> <laughs> When Harry Met Sally is, like, up there being one of my favourite films. I've watched that film so many times. I watch it all the time. Yeah. So it's Billy Crystal, Meg Ryan. <laughs> Um, the reason I'm choosing it for soundtrack is because it's got some sick jazz in there. There's loads of like Louis Armstrong and shit, and like I love jazz. I have a jazz playlist, and I just think like that film. It's it goes through the seasons. There's like some Christmassy bits, some autumny bits. It's like in New York, like jazz in New York, in like the the fall, in like the winter. <laughs> fall. <laughs> That's all I want in my life. Like it's such a lovely like yeah. feeling, and like the the reason I watch that film so much is because of the jazz and like the Christmassy like it's just so cozy and like the fits in that film are sick like mm. the jump like oh it's so nice like I definitely I definitely just watched that film mainly for the soundtrack not for Billy Crystal who is a busted little man <laughs> um no, obviously no offense Billy Crystal lovers but like I don't think there's any out there <laughs> but like I do love that film and great soundtrack what else was I gonna say um super bad right super bad Come on. The Superbad soundtrack. I think everyone has seen Superbad and I know everyone's got mixed opinions on it. It's like a fucking teenage frat boy comedy. I fucking love it. Personally, I find it hilarious. I think it's like one of the only films that Mm -hmm. I watch Mm -hmm. and every time... I'm pissing myself laughing. That like it never, it's film. never not funny. It's I just like ever, and like for, if we're talking about soundtrack, <laughs> the one scene where they're on the bus and it's playing "Bust Out in Funk," Rick James is hilarious. And they're in there like, and they're in there like busted clothes, and they're all like seventeen years old, and it's so fucking funny. And it's like j- fucking Michael Sarah, Michael Sarah, and like Jonah Hill, and it's just like oh my god, no. like I I can't watch it without. Crying, crazy. laughing. I know. Literally crying, laughing. And the scene where he's like drawing the dicks when he's oh, little. Yeah. And they play that like music in the background. Wait, what music do they play in the background? It's this like acapella shit in the background. Oh, wait, no, I do remember actually. <laughs> and it's just like, That's oh just, my god. That film never gets old. And like, that film doesn't get old. I don't think it will ever be outdated. Obviously, you could pick it apart, but like, I don't know, man. It was just, it's one of those films where like we were too young to go watch it in the cinema, obviously. We were too young. Yeah. And like, I would like steal that DVD from my sister like you would watch it at like sleepovers and shit when you're a bit too young and then you yeah. grow up and like I still laugh the same amount that I laughed when I was like like 12 now yeah. being like a whole 20 years an old. adult and I'm still fucking laughing and also the most iconic scene these eyes are crying these that part is so funny and they're like oh my god they're like crying hello <laughs> and like, like, oh my god they play like Big Papa at the party <gasps> oh yeah they do they play the Misfits theme tune I don't know what the actual song is called you know the theme that they play for Misfits yeah I, I don't know what the that's a throwback Misfits is a great fucking show but here we are yeah no Superbad definitely um, they've got like four tops on there they've got like Motorhead Motorhead yeah oh, shit Casey and the Sunshine Band I just think like yeah no sick films so yeah Superbad soundtrack a great example of when film films use the music for comedy as well yeah 100%. But not like in like an obtuse sort of too no. obvious way. No, it's like it's really like Michael Sarah singing these eyes <laughs> is hilarious. They could have picked another song, but they picked that song, and that's so fucking funny. You <laughs> love to see it. And yeah. also, while we're on the topic of Jonah Hill, yeah, does anyone remember in Twenty One Jump Street when he's got that blonde hair he's and he plays Slim Shady while he's coming out the bus? I'm Slim Shady as well. <laughs> That, and he's got like braces and he's wearing like yeah. the, literally the, the chain I'm wearing right now. <laughs> and he's like got a white t-shirt on. And everyone's like, fat, so shady. Yeah. 
21 Jump Street is actually quite funny. That's funny, yeah. But this is the thing, like, loads of people don't like those, like, crude, like, teenage comedies. But do you know what? Some of them are actually Some quite funny. Some of them funny. are really funny. Superbad is hilarious. And I'd argue Seth Rogen is usually funny. I'd argue that. I'd argue Jonah Hill is most, like, mostly nice. Jonah Hill's a really great comedian. He's and a sick actor. Yeah, yeah, he's a great actor great as well. Actor. Which I think, like, controversial opinion. If you can do comedy acting, you can pretty much do anything. Because com- comedy is difficult. Comedy is really hard. Like, making people laugh. And I feel like people like Jonah Hill, Jim yeah. Carrey, and Sandler show that if you're doing comedy and you're making people laugh, mm-hmm. you can probably do drama too. Yeah, I agree. I mean, obviously, like, it doesn't go for everyone. but like, Not for everyone. I definitely agree. But... That's probably a different. That's another. That's a different. That's another day. Um, Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go into ten things I hate about you. Go on. So, I just think this needs a little a little moment here. So obviously Heath Ledger singing. Can't take my eyes off of you. Charming. Charming. Love him. Rest in peace. Love him, Heath. Um, Also, like, just I I used to watch this a lot with my sister, and obviously it has like these like angry like. I hate it, but like angry, like white feminist, like punk rock, like <laughs> band. But like, I don't know why, but that, like, that kind of music really stuck with me. I mean, I'm not like an Alan- Alanis Morissette gal as much yeah. as you think I am. I think you are. I think I'm not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, obviously, the fact I'm denying it means that I am. But no, like, I think like the music in that film definitely, like, I don't know, it just made me like enjoy punk music a little bit. Mm-hmm. And also, I just fucking... I think that film's great. I think it's hilarious. Based on Tame of the Shrew, we love that Shakespeare play. A little bit of... Thespian. A little bit of thespian knowledge <laughs> for you. But yeah, I don't know what else to say about that film, really. I mean, a lot of people don't like it because they find it a bit like... I only watched it once in the first year of uni because you, you put it on. Mm. And yeah, I liked it quite a lot. Um, I was obviously totally charmed by his pleasure. I think maybe when you're older, that girl can be quite irritating. Castrafford. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I was saying this, I used to want to be Castrafford. Mm. And I know now that, like... I mean, but I feel like, though, um, they do... in There's, like, a scene in the film where her English teacher is like, oh, like, I'm so sorry, you have so many issues as a woman, as, like, a middle-class, like, privileged woman. And then oh, he's like... middle-class... Yeah, and then he's like, tell the English department why they haven't put any books on the curriculum that is written by, like, a black man. And she's like... Ugh. But, like... I know, I do remember watching that scene and being a bit like... Yeah. I no, wish that had got to her more. Um, I know, but she's just, like, annoyed by it. And, like, yeah, but she's annoyed, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at the soundtrack. So, The Weakness in Me by Joan Armour Trading... Anyway, yeah. that song is when like um, Kat is like in the guitar shop and her and like Heath Ledger have just argued about something, obviously. And she's like in the guitar shop, like playing her guitar. And this song is playing, and like I remember just being like, and it was on my crying playlist for a little while. Did you take it off? I took it off just because like I got bored of the song at the end. Fair enough. But I haven't listened to it in a while. Maybe I need to revisit. Put it back on the crying playlist. Maybe I'll put it back on the old crying playlist. <laughs> um, but there's a lot to say about soundtrack of Moonlight. Mm-hmm. The one thing I've no I noticed about when I first watched it is they play that song, Cuckoo Cuckoo Palama that one. Um, they play the Caetano Veloso version, which is the best version. Mm. And I had heard that song before because it's played in Almodovar's Talk to Her, and it's also played in Happy Together, Mon Kawai. It is played in Happy Together. Yeah, I feel like I remember you saying when they watch the waterfall in Happy Together, mm. they play that song over it. And you haven't seen Talk to Her, but in Talk to Her, Caetano Veloz is actually in the film. Oh. And he plays it to a group of actors who are like Almodovar's sort of regular actors who aren't actually in Talk to Her, they're just in the crowd with oh, that okay. scene. And so when I watched it, I was like, that's nice, because I thought probably Barry Jenkins was referencing one of those. Yeah. Um, and I think I read that he was referencing Talk to Her. I think that's what it was. Mm. And yeah, that... I mean, that song is just, like, absolutely heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. It's so sad. But, well, Moonlight is heartbreaking. Yeah, and Moonlight yeah. is a heartbreaking film. Um, so that's really fitting. Yeah. And then I also really liked in that film when he... And this is the part that makes me cry. Weirdly enough, this is the part that makes me cry more than any part yeah. of Moonlight is when he's older and you see him in the car and he's playing some really heavy gangster <gasps> rap. Yeah. And he has the um, grilling and he's, his like, chains and he's chained yeah. and stuff. And whenever I watch that film, the whole film is really depressing, but that's the part that makes me really, really upset. It is, it is a really heartbreaking bit, because like you just see that he's ended up in that life, no matter you what. You know the connotations yeah. of that, 
playing mm. is that he hasn't actually accepted himself mm-hmm. and actually mm-hmm. he's gone into that direction of dealing and yeah. guns and whatever and being like mask and like super bad everything you just didn't want for that character yeah. has happened which is the bit that makes me cry which i think is the bit that makes everyone cry is when they he meets up with what's his name the kid that he like yeah, was with in like the past and stuff. Like he went to the cafe and they like meet up finally after years. It makes that scene even more heartbreaking after watching him like in his fucking car with his like. And it's not to say anything about going to start obviously, but it's like the connotations of that. Yeah, it's no. the sort of there's a long history around for everyone gangster rap, mm. especially like American gangster rap, mm. and um, it's just so, kind of depressing to see. Yeah. Because it's that and everything else. Mm. Obviously, he could have been <laughs> listening to that big smile on his face and has completely accepted himself, but you sort of know from him playing that song that he hasn't. You know that he hasn't, yeah. And, um, yeah, it's really, really heartbreaking. So I thought he used that really well Yeah. in the soundtrack. I don't know, Moonlight is one of those films where I'm like, again, it's like Parasite. Like, it, it deserves all the hype it gets. Yeah, like, like, like it deserves all the hype it gets. That film is so good. And it's, it's so fantastic. beautiful as well. It's so pretty. And all the actors are sick. Yeah. I will not allow any slander for Moonlight. No. Don't don't be chatting shit about Moonlight. <laughs> um Okay, I'm gonna go on to my last one unless you have anything else to say about Moonlight. No, I don't think I do. Because we're gonna do some honourable mentions after. Yeah. Which <laughs> shit. Anyway. So my last one is Thelma and Louise, which obviously is another like oh, of course like Thelma and Louise. But like <laughs> there's there's a song called Thunderbird and it's like a guitar kind of like solo vibe. Um, I'm trying to see who it's by now because I didn't do my research. Oh, it's Hans Zimmer. He did the score. But um, it's like, I think Thunderbird is played maybe throughout the whole film, but like specifically, obviously, the famous scene when they, when they go off the edge. Yeah. Yeah. But um, no, it just like, it hurts. That film like hurts me. <laughs> like, it's so sad. But it's really nice at the same time. Like, I, oh, I won't hear any bad shit about that film either. Yeah. Because, like, I think... What's her name? Gina Davis. Gina Davis. Not Gina Davis. <laughs> and what... Is it Susan Sarandon? It's Susan Sarandon. Oh, it is. Davis, yeah. I think those two are, like, so fucking good in that film. Yeah. Of just playing, like, really good, like, friends. And mm. then, like, at the end, you're like, oh, shit, they're, like, soulmates. And yeah. they're just, like, meant to die together. Spoiler, but, like, everyone's seen that scene. Like, And there's a young Brad Coat in it, and he's, like... <laughs> He's beautiful in that film. But no, amazing soundtrack. Hans Zimmer, we're far up his ass, I think, on this list. We've mentioned him like twice or three times. Yeah, well, oh, no, I feel like you can't go without mentioning Hans Zimmer and John Williams, can you? No, you can't, really. <laughs> um, so my honourable mentions are The Shape of Water. Fantastic. Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. Great film. Weird film. Weird film. Great film, though. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And the soundtrack, I listen to it to this day on my movie music playlist, and it's beautiful. It's a lovely, lovely soundtrack. Love it so much. And then also Baby Driver. Great film. I mean, obviously, it has Kevin Spacey in it, so Baby Driver is a great film. Yeah. Anyway. And then you have... You've got a lot. I've got a lot, because we recently watched With Them and I, and that soundtrack's fantastic. I didn't realise when I first watched it how good that soundtrack Everyone is. Everyone knows With Them They and use I. a lot of Jimi Hendrix, there's like one Beatles song in it, and it's like, great. I love it. Oh yeah, they do, um, they do have Jimi Hendrix, don't they? They use two Jimi Hendrix songs, mm. which is great. Once Upon a Time in the West. Yes. Um, Once Upon a Time in the West. Sergio Leone always uses his films. Mm. And that's another film where he based the way the scene is choreographed actually around the song. Mm. which is really interesting he was playing the song behind he, like, cho- the he choreographed the film around the song yeah so oh, when okay. the actress was moving around the screen he would say well, he would put the song in the background so she could sort of move along with it and you can actually tell when you're watching it that he did that mm-hmm. the Top Gun soundtrack was another one mentioned okay because that's a banger no okay <laughs> I have to like what is it Danger Zone huh? Highway to the Danger Zone Kenny Loggins and fucking um, Berlin Take My Breath Away Take My Breath Away which is always two played. songs that are just entrenched in our history I think. and also because I think we were talking... Yeah, no, like, it's a very it's a very camp film. It's camp, And I think, yeah. like, you cannot possibly get more, like, 80s camp than, like, Take My Breath Away, Berlin. Like, you no, can't. Like, can't. that song is so, like, 80s. Like, the... It literally is, like... It's so 80s. If you had to just, like, create a fucking, like, spoof 80s song, it would be that. It has to be that. But 
Come that's, so, that's so great for that. Anyway, <laughs> Saturday Night Fever, I feel like we can't just like go. Bee Gees. The Bee Gees, the whole Bee Gees album they use that oh. film is just they the got, best Disney music. Big Up Barry Gibb, big the best white song of all time, maybe, right? Yeah. <laughs> Barry Gibb, what's he doing now, right? Where is he? I hope he's well. He's probably in London. Somewhere. I hope he's well. I hope, I hope he's, he's well, healthy, and happy. I'm hoping. Um, train spotting, you probably. Train spotting was another one because obviously everyone loves the train spotting soundtrack. Um, yeah, that's kind of like a. It's got loads of bangers in it. Mm. I when I think of like my favorite films in general, I do think, oh fuck, and another honorable mention for me, sorry, is Silver Linings Playbook. But like that soundtrack, it's got like Girl from the North Country, Bob Dylan, and um, Johnny Cash, which is a great song, yeah. great fucking song. It's got like um, Stevie Wonder. I was my it. Sherry oh, I love that it's song. Great, like it's got some really good. It's got like um, the White Stripe. Yeah. I guess that's why we did this as a first episode as well. Because, like, soundtracks and scores are just so important. Soundtracks and scores are important. They are! They definitely contribute to how I see a film. They are. Some films just completely depend Mm -hmm. on what song is played in the background, what the score sounds like, Mm. you know? Because you don't, like, with films like. like, I don't know, Transformers and shit, like, you don't remember that score. I mean, they're shit anyway. But, like, (laughs) obviously, like. The action score that's just like boring and monotonous, like I, you don't remember it. Mm. Whereas when you have a film like, like Star Wars, and he's looking at the two sons and it's like, I actually can't remember what how it goes through that. <laughs> I literally could sing it all the time my song, but I'm just not going to. I'm just not putting that down in the morning. <laughs> um, yeah, and obviously those films you really remember them because the soundtracks are so good, and it really impacts you. I think emotionally the soundtrack is sort of like oh yeah, I mean, that's what gets yeah. you. Yeah, if you ever cry at a film, it's probably it's probably the soundtrack. Like, yeah, I mean, anyway, um, fun anyway. episode. Yeah, lots of fun recording the first one. Lots of fun. Um, yeah, we're we're gonna be trying to like release these, if not every week, then like what's the word like bi-weekly like every bi-weekly week. if not every week because yeah we have uni and stuff um, and obviously we are just like filming them on my laptop with like a microphone at home so it's not like with no headphones it's not like a, it's not a high budget like situation but yeah if this isn't um, super perfect forgive us but I think it went pretty well I had a lot of fun I had a lot of fun I like chatting so did I we enjoy, we enjoy talking we enjoy a strong opinion we do um so we have a website which we're still working on. So when this gets uploaded, it might not super, like be super finished. But and then also we have an Instagram which is called the Film Fix Podcast, and that's basically everything. That's all of it. Hit us up on Instagram if you want to like chat about films. chat or like if you know us and you want to like be on the podcast. Obviously, we're so down for that. That'd be jokes. That'd be fun. Like I think we're gonna try and get some guests. Just even if, like, literally, even if you don't know shit about film, like, we don't know everything. Like, yeah, we study film, but, like, I fucking hate half the shit we study. <laughs> so, like, it's not, like, it's fun. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, lovely. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. Anyway. Yeah, no. Thank you very much. Bon voyage. Thank you. Over and out for this week, right? O- over and out, boys. <laughs>